Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Making It an Opera. Welcome to Making It an Opera, a podcast about what it really means to find your voice and use it. I'm your host, Gwendolyn Kuhlman. Hey, everyone, and welcome back. I've been on a summer hiatus that I didn't know I needed until it was happening. And then I looked at the calendar the other day, and I realized it's been a year since I pressed publish on the first episodes of Making It an Opera. It's time to pick this little project back up. And I thought we'd start by checking in. So what's been going on with you? For me, I spent the summer doing a few things. I worked for the first time as a stage director for a concert theater piece called State of Being that my friend and colleague Emily Thorner was developing combining spiritual healing and modern music with her own story of moving through trauma. The first iteration premieres in a few weeks in North Carolina, so if you're in Greenville, don't miss the NC New Music Initiative concert on November 10th. I grew ever more pregnant with my second son, to where I now feel kinship with large aquatic mammals, though I envy their weightlessness. Oh, and I went on vacation and experienced COVID with my whole family on a beautiful beach in Italy. I started work as the creative director for a business I believe in, helping to develop some truly innovative stuff that I cannot wait to be able to talk more about soon. As a copywriter, I have met more and more interesting, driven women building innovative businesses that rethink the structures of how we work and what we think success means across industries. A white supremacist patriarchy isn't just keeping opera back. And we're in this time where, if we amplify voices that have been silenced, if we figure out our place in helping them to forge new paths, we have a chance of bringing down systems that oppress and erecting something completely new in its place. I don't pretend to know what any of it will look like. I don't pretend to think whatever we build will be perfect without need for change. But it is that undulating, ever-evolving possibility of creation that excites me. That, to me, is what good art is. Not a static product that ensures financial stability for its institutions and gets its legitimacy from history, but something that is constantly in creation constantly saying what needs to be said. And that does not mean it can't be monetizable. It does mean that its first priority must be whether or not it's actually saying something, and if that something is worth saying. Which brings me back to voices that have been silenced. In our industry, I count artists, on stage and backstage, amongst the people who are routinely silenced in favor of keeping an increasingly rusty machine running. So when James Smith at House of Schmise, published a set of emails in July on their Instagram account that had been forwarded to them from Opera America's continuing education listserv. I was weirdly excited. These emails were written by people leading the industry that has popped up around young artists, called Young Artist Programs, or YAPs. And they confirmed the suspicion that so many young and emerging artists had about the administrators leading those programs that they do not respect the artists, that young artists are seen as disposable workers to exploit and control rather than colleagues whose voices are worth hearing and whose points of view are what will make the art relevant. 
For the uninitiated, YAPs are a system that began to explode in the 90s and 2000s. And they are often much of what we're talking about when we critics of the opera industry say that it's a multi-level marketing scheme, meaning that the people producing the product are also the ones consuming it. They are marketed as professional development, but they are often simply exploitation of artists wanting to build a resume and gain experience. Where once you would be hired and paid just like any other artist for your time and your skill to perform in a show, Pay is now barely enough to survive on in the name of being an quote-unquote apprentice, without also providing the space to pursue other employment. In some cases, the artist is paying for the privilege of being in the show. Often, no additional skill set is being honed above and beyond what any theater would normally invest in an artist performing in their show. It is work, being performed and financed by the worker. When I say I was weirdly excited about these awful homo and transphobic emails, it was not because of their terrible content. It was because I saw artists who never would have wanted to rock the boat begin to stand up and jump ship. They had had enough, and on a large and loud enough scale, that Opera America, the organizing and lobbying body for all opera companies in the U.S., had to make two attempts at an apology— the second of which has them making a concerted effort to listen to young artists and the change they want to see. We are in a time when, if we stop trying to make it according to anyone else's standards but our own, we have the power to reshape the world around us. The old guard is listening, and at a certain point, whatever remnants of this industry are left after the old guard leaves are in our hands. When that happens, we have to be clear about what it is we want to make. Status, funding, whatever we have access to from the backing of an institution is absolutely nothing without substance. Opera has shrunk in size and influence because the industry has been more concerned with status than substance. We have the power to turn that around. It is us who can bring opera into this century as an art that has something new and important to say. An art whose existence matters. We can do that. So as we step into our power and begin to find our way, it is my honor to continue having these conversations, helping to bring perspectives from artists who are showing us the way through the brush. Creation happens in conversation, and creation itself is a conversation, which means that we must be as empowered with our own voices as we are humble enough to keep listening. I remember how scared I was when the first episodes went live last year. It makes me laugh now that I thought speaking my truth would aggravate people enough that they would kick me out of the industry. I had spent so many years swallowing paragraphs of words I wished I could say, of ideas I wished I could express, all in the name of keeping my head down and doing my job on the stage. I was convinced that every time I opened my mouth, what came out was not only unwelcome, but wrong. In the small gigs I now do around town to keep me singing, I meet voice students at universities who are at the beginning of questioning their voices of being told to defer to people who know more, 
rather than being given the tools to figure out what it is they want to create with their art. Opera artists are still being taught to be the brush and not the painter, still being taught that collaboration on stage looks like staying quiet and doing what they're told, rather than being nurtured to have a point of view and to share it as part of the creative process. It's an education that creates singers who are uncertain at all times, who do not trust their own ears or their own expression, who never know for sure if what they've created was a quote-unquote good sound without someone else telling them it was so, whose clear message from their university and the industry they enter into is that their voice is disposable, that it doesn't matter, that 50 sopranos are lined up down the street to take your place. But the truth is, my voice matters. So does yours. And that person who is going to shut me out doesn't really exist because my creation is in my hands now. And you know what? The people trying to run operatic institutions, whether in administration or on the boards of directors, they need new ideas and ways of thinking from people who care more about the art than upholding the faulty structures, confining it. Since I stopped trying to make it an opera, my life has reflected what I believe art should be. An ever-evolving creation that I have stopped asking to make sense. I work to go where I'm needed, where I'm excited, where my voice's presence will be appreciated, and where my skills as a storyteller and as a listener will help other people speak their truth. Fundamentally, that is what I do. The way that manifests in projects is simply what the moment is asking for. For me, this is what it means to let go and to rethink. So that is what this next season is about. The rethink. It's what we do after we have healed and recalibrated. We begin to rethink everything we've ever been told was right or wrong and reasons we were right or wrong. The season's interviews will be a combination of people who are healing themselves and the industry with what they are doing. I can't wait to share with you several interviews from the luminaries like Zuli Inirio and the directors of Victory Hall Opera that I simply didn't get to publish in season two. Along with people who are completely breaking the mold with what they are creating. We've also got a mini-series going on on IG Live that I'll sprinkle into the podcast feed, where I've been doing dream sessions with current and former young artists about what we would create if we could just burn the whole YAP system down and build something new. If you want to listen to them now, they're up in the Instagram feed, at makingit.opera. And now that I'm trusting my own voice more, I may come back in with a pep talk or two in November, while I know you all are auditioning like crazy for the next season. Toy toy toy, by the way. And stay tuned. I learned so much from each of these interviews. When I refer to the podcast, I always say we, as in we're back, or our next guest. With the exception of some amazing help I had in producing the first season, the show's production is just me right now. But I think of it as us. It's all of you out there doing your own rethink of how you want to be an artist, on what terms you want to make your art. And it's all of these incredible guests inspiring us and lighting the way. It's our time. 
Let's take it. Making It an Opera is a production of Sounds Like Cool Studios. 